Is this a metal thing? Yes. A little, a little taste. David. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk Plus. That's right, folks. We've now transcended genre boundaries and sometimes cover other movies. For years, we've been living a lie, been telling ourselves that we're only attracted to horror movies, but we've come out as proudly polygenre. Um, so make sure you rate and subscribe on iTunes. Full video available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure to share. Also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store. Um, you always want to know what's behind that curtain. Oh, man. So just, what's back there? You know, pay, pay the fee and get what you want um if you want to add your pee to the community community pool go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail as always we have fart simpson crammed into the production booth i'm bryce and across from me sits island boy david day and special guest jen ponton uh jen is a comedic comedic force consistently serving up big laughs on screen a muppet enthusiast uh, horror fanatic and queer fat activist star and screenwriter of the new horror project caretaker which can be found on all the short form video platforms tiktok instagram and youtube shorts welcome jen thanks so much for having me i should have the applause there we go <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> thank you thank you you're too kind yes so um thanks jen for for joining us just need to take a, a minute and kind of describe we we left our listeners hanging what is it three episodes ago now yeah it's been uh, a bit kind of they, left like a big cliffhanger for horror movie talk and, they're concerned they're worried <laughs> everything's gonna be okay Up your parents night. are just fine kids <laughs> so um just to let listeners know and and new listeners i i guess um we're reformatting um we want to keep horror movie talk um going with the brand but we're just expanding into other genres david um is just not able to watch you know hard horror movies anymore it's not good for his health and so we're um not getting rid of david we're not throwing him out because we love him and he owns half of the podcast so uh <laughs> So instead, what we're going to do is it's going to basically be about half and half. We'll, we'll maintain half the episodes. Uh, I mean, this is like the rule of thumb, really. Half half the episodes are going to be horror. Um, David may or may not have watched it, depending on what the movie is. He'll be on every episode um, because, you know, he'll still be able to crack wise on the spoiler section and depending on how far off topic we go. Um, and then we'll be able to do other movies like, um, you know, I can make David watch True Lies finally. Or yeah. We can expand <laughs> out into other areas. And so um, everything's fair game. Um, that includes our on our Patreon stuff like the Patreon um, picks or the uh, pretentious episodes. 
but really, you know, we, we explored a couple different options and this was the best one for everyone um, and the best way to maintain the quality and the brand of Horror Movie Talk. But we're now, Horror Movie Talk is no longer, it's dead. Long live Horror Movie Talk Plus. Yeah, I mean, look, you guys, listen, y'all, you watch regular movies too. Don't act like the only thing you ever take in is, uh, you know, guinea pig two, flower of flesh and blood. You, that's that's absurd. You, 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 you sit down and enjoy yourself some Star Wars. Well, guess what? We do too. And now we're going to bring it to you. So, um, yeah, we're starting with Wayne's World for this this month's pretentious review. So very excited yeah. to cover that today. Um, today, this show, we got a great show. We're going to be reviewing new release Evil Dead Rise. And if you're new to the podcast, we start by giving a brief review and our score for the film. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll have a delineated spoiler section where we take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can press pause, go watch it, and come back. Um, we'll have a big, flashy, you know, music cue and video cue for you to bounce at that point. Later on, we'll be checking our voicemail, which um, has been growing since we haven't had an episode in three weeks. We finally got through all of our backup audio episodes. Yeah, to be clear, we have had episodes the last couple of weeks. It's just we've used ones that we've pre-recorded. Right. right. So from back in... A year ago. A year ago. Green Room <laughs> was recorded a year ago. Green Room was... We were doing the uh, the kickings shows. <laughs> that was like what the Afterpod was about, was how pissed off we were at yeah. the owner Damn. of Kickins. Yeah. Um, we Jen, we did like a couple live screenings at a local yes. theater in, in Vancouver, Washington, and um, it went really well, um, but it was a huge hassle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, let's hop in uh, to the movie Evil Dead can be found in theaters now. Um, I assume it'll eventually be on HBO Max because apparently they were going to do a uh, a the joint release, movies. but then decided that it was too good not to do just the theater. Um, Evil Dead Rise continues the story of deadites just trying to live their best life and those meddling humans that try to ruin their fun. In this latest entry in the Evil Dead franchise, two estranged sisters, Ellie and Beth, played by Alyssa Sutherland and Lily Sullivan, awkwardly reunite in the midst of personal crises. Uh, before they can work out their issues, an earthquake strikes, and Ellie's children discover a hidden ancient tome and mysterious recordings of a priest reading from it oh. if you've seen any of the previous evil dead films you know where this is going they <laughs> inadvertently release flesh possessing demons and have to fight for survival it does not go well uh, this is a very strong entry into the franchise that expands the world outside of just a cabin in the woods like the 2013 evil dead this film foregoes the majority of the humor that the original trilogy featured not to say that this film is completely humorless, it just goes hard into the body horror and torture porn. This film has some of the wildest and darkest scenes I've seen in a long time. It makes you all but certain that no one is safe from the deadites, even up until the end. What I appreciate is that despite the simple nature of the horror, uh, that being that being trying to escape or kill scary demons... The film does give stakes for the characters and changes up the setting in a unique way. Instead of disposable slasher teens, we're shown a loving and functional family. When one of them is preyed upon 
by the demons, it hurts, and it adds to the disgust and the terror of the moment. Alyssa Sutherland, Alyssa Sutherland chews up the material and spits it out. It's unsurprising that most of the trailer featured her. She's a delight to watch, and the vile and manipulative things that the script gives that mother are the most compelling parts of the movie. Overall, this film really brings it. If you're looking for a supernatural, gory horror film, this one pulls zero punches. Um, I I really liked it. Wow. Um, for what it was, like it did not did not seem like it compromised its vision at all. And uh, for this type of movie, this type of horror movie, it's a ten out of ten for me. Dang, that's high praise coming from Bryce. Hey, Jen, I'm curious. What is your previous? Uh, are, are you a fan of Evil Dead, or is this your first entry in the in the um, franchise? No, I love Evil Dead. Um, oh, wow. I haven't watched the show that they put out over you know a span of some years, but um, the original three I've seen a handful of times a piece. And I was excited about this one. I don't remember if I saw 2013's. Was it good? You would it was, remember it. It was good. Yeah, it was, it <laughs> yeah. was really strong. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if I saw that one. Um, so I'm presuming that I didn't. But um, yeah, I would, I would agree with Bryce. This was very much strong canon. Felt very familiar, even though we're obviously missing Bruce Campbell, who is, you know, the heart and soul of it. Um, I... I really, really liked it. My only complaint would be that they went so hard into saying that this was the scariest movie that would ever be made on the face of the planet, and I didn't agree with that. I found it to be standard Evil Dead level scary. Right. Okay. You know? Not so scary, maybe more shocking. Shocking, gory, for sure. I mean, yeah. just like a bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of marketing, like, they did a pretty good job. And, like, the whole thing where it's like, this is the scariest movie ever. It's like, you can't – that means <laughs> nothing to horror fans because it's like, right. they'll say that about The Nun too, you know, <laughs> as yeah. well as The Exorcist. Like, they'll say, like, yeah. The Exorcist is the scariest movie ever, and it works, you know? People mm -hmm. are like, well, shit, I got to go see that. Um, and then they'll say it about, like, you know, The Conjuring 8, more Conjuringer. <laughs> And people will be like, uh-huh, sure. Right, of course. Um, well, it's this... the thing you want, right? Like, as a horror fan, you're sitting there like, I just want something to be scary. And then the commercial comes on and it's like, the scariest shit you've <laughs> ever seen. And you're like, oh, maybe it's finally going to happen. Maybe I'll be scared again. And then, you know, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then also, like, we've talked about in the past, like, scary is like a pretty shitty metric for deciding whether it's a good movie or not that like, is so fair <laughs> like it's there are plenty of fantastic horror movies that i wasn't scared by right but I was disturbed by or affected me like viscerally so um yeah and i mean just the fact if you're like i'm watching a movie uh, as an adult i'm like i'm not scared like mm -hmm. it takes it, it takes a lot for me to jump at this point not to to brag but yeah. <laughs> or to make a challenge yeah but yeah, i think well, the marketing did a really good job of like setting it up as like this is gonna be 
intense and hard to watch and it actually delivered on on that part of it at least yeah yeah if Uh, you want to scare me now you gotta you know you gotta do a realistic portrayal of water damage in a bathroom (laughs) (laughs) yeah the ring was terrifying oh no oh that's gonna cost at least three thousand dollars oh god what do you mean my insurance doesn't cover it? Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to go up. The premiums are already. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of advertisements, if you ever hear any commercials on this show, you, sh- you should know that you don't have to listen to those. If you go to our Patreon, uh, we release our episodes as early as they're edited without ads. Um, so if you're one of those people that hates being interrupted with inserted ads you know it's a small fee to you know for that convenience go to patreon.com slash horror movie talk uh, also if you want to support the show we have a shop at horrormovietalk.com slash shop you can buy cool tees like this one team spear or our logo tee which i guess will have to be updated at this point or the team bat or the team bat shirt yeah you can also buy that um also, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, on Instagram. Uh, he's at dgoebel00, at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Um, been doing fantastic artwork for the, always, like since he started, but really stepped up um, for our YouTube videos to like include our, our faces. And text that guy right now. You're reminding me. I got to <laughs> poke him around about doing stuff for me because he's so good. So if you need uh, to commission any artwork or, or look at what he's done in the past and, and uh, you know, get a birthday present that's unique, contact him on Instagram. If you want to contact us and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again. Let's get into... Where's my cursor? Let's get into Spoilers. Okay, so now we can talk about anything. Jen, um, can I ask, what is your history with the horror genre? Totality. Get, so everybody <laughs> can get acquainted with you and your taste. Um, I have been a horror junkie since I was um, far too early exposed to child's play. Uh, my dad invited me to come and sit down and watch a movie about a doll when I was five. And that began a terrifying trajectory of adrenaline. Five. Jesus. Five. Yep. Actual truth. I don't know where my mother was. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I feel so sorry for a little five-year-old you. Ooh. But then I was like this feels awful and great. <laughs> so uh, I went on to watch Nightmare on Elm Street also far too early. Uh, watch It, the original miniseries, far too early. Um, and spent the entirety of every good moment of my youth in the horror, um, the horror, you know, VHS doors at the, uh-huh. at our rental space. And, you know, uh, obsessing over like Troll Two and Doctor Giggles and like all this all the stuff that came out and played on TNT over and over. <laughs> we wow, kids. so kind of a deep cut horror fan here. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Right. Dang. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a common story, like, of yeah. a decent portion of our listeners of being exposed way too early. Like, yeah. I can't believe some of these parents. <laughs> I know. Like, right? making them, they're like, 10-year-old watched The Exorcist is like, Jesus. Oh, my wh- God. What is wrong with you? Because I've got, I mean, I've got Oh, a, a little girl who's 10. I'm like that. Oh, no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. poltergeist same thing happened with poltergeist yeah i was very young i mean when poltergeist I is a little more understandable still terrifying for a kid but like at least they're not you know shoving crucifixes up their that's cage. fair yeah um <laughs> the i mean i've got a 10 year old daughter eight year old son and a five year old now and like just gauging <laughs> putting putting colin in front of child's play Mm-hmm. It would not just end seems well. like insane to me. Or pet cemetery. My, yeah, because <laughs> my kids, like when they're younger, they're really scared. Like if there was anything, Aww. just like in a Disney movie that was emotionally charged, they like ran out of the room. So right. Like, I mean, were you a scared kid? Like, did, oh, I was did it terrified. Really I was terrified. <laughs> right, and like your children don't have to grow up with the animation of Don Bluth. Right. I, f- right. I figure we're all about ballpark the same age. And, right. um, you know, like Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven. And like, uh, what was the cr- really creepy stuff? Like the Black Cauldron. You know, we had very disturbing movies Watership even down. for little kids. Yeah. <laughs> Watership Down. Oh, my God. Or like the ni- one of my all-time scarring favorites was um, – the 1985 version of Alice in Wonderland that was like a oh. two-day event on ABC, and they you put mean the, the live ju- the stop motion one. No, it's it's live with actors, and everybody's got really crazy costumes. But they put the Jabberwocky in this special, and it's oh, terrifying. Yeah, I I think you just unlocked a core memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the I'm sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> The one that got me that was on TV was Return to Oz. That was yes, messed up. Man, the eighties were just like yeah, unhinged when it came to like children's entertainment. Just making, just getting my daughter to watch Labyrinth was, was too much. <laughs> it's like no, this what this is not made for children. <laughs> no, look at look at David not. Bowie's crotch. That's not for ten year olds. <laughs> it really like it wasn't too far to fall from eighties children's entertainment to like inadvertently watching child's play. Right. You know, it was a, an easier bridge to cross than it would be now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I feel like this is an appropriate time to share my, my my you know everybody's heard this maybe once or twice, but it it bears repeating. Like when I was four or five, my parents had you know those that big satellite dish big. We and uh, and so we had you know hundreds of channels. They oh my were just god! All, they were just all unlocked, and so you know, four year old goes, you know, wakes up at four in the morning, uh, and walks out and starts surfing through the channels, and uh, I, I landed on what I assume was Cinemax, and there was um, <laughs> uh, we were in the middle of a of, of a of a showing of uh, Frankenhooker, which is a <laughs> of course, which is a incredibly violent and sexual. Uh, it's all, it's almost a porno, but mm-hmm. it's also a gore fest. And so like little four year old me is like, what, like <laughs> being exposed to like every single thing that would blow my mind all at once. And by blow my mind, I mean like wreck it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and th- so that, 
I think that's like my formative memory is like being like, what is this? And that's how you got me. Good old Skinamax. Always blending genres in the most creative ways. Very fun. Yeah, I'm looking at this 1985 uh, a rendition of uh, Alice in Wonderland. I've never seen this. I've never heard of it. The Jabberwocky looks horrifying. It and is I, terrible. I, this looks like a worthwhile thing for people. I, I've never heard of this, so bravo. Look at that cast list. I Freaking, will. who's in it? Um, uh, oh, Ringo Starr is in it. <laughs> like Ringo Starr, Steve Allen. I mean, the, it's it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. Very worth a watch. And I think it still probably would be within your horror threshold at this point. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. Before we get into the movie, I'm actually kind of curious about your, your project, The the uh, Caretaker. I, I watched it on TikTok and I was, I was wondering, like, how you came up with that. Like, what was the the inspiration and and what was that process like have you seen burnt offerings no no oh strong recommend from like nine 76 or 78 somewhere in there so late 70s or like just the cusp of 1980 and um it's a film uh it's a film <laughs> betty davis is in it <laughs> in like one of her last appearances um uh, Karen Black and uh, Oliver Reed, and it is taut. And basically, Caretaker came to me from sort of this desire for like a prequel of that. And it's about um, that movie is about this family who's like trying to get out of New York for a summer, and so they stay like somewhere in the Hudson Valley, and they're given the property for a song. It's like nine hundred bucks for the entire summer. The only the only um, catches that they have to also watch over these people's mother who lives in the attic and like just leave her meals. She doesn't really want to interact with them. And so weird things begin happening in this old shoddy uh, falling down manner, like wallpaper starts regenerating and dead plants in the atrium come back to life. And like, uh, and, and, the the roofing sloughs off and and revitalizes itself the the siding like everything on the property is almost as if it's feeding off of a life force because it is because as karen black's character becomes more like of a caretaker for this mysterious mother in the attic the house is like siphoning off her life force and i have loved this movie for a while now um it's so creepy it's so effective with really good performances and um and i kind of wanted to do a little thinking sounds like barton fink in reverse (laughs) yes (laughs) yes yeah it's uh it's a trip and so um My director, Jody and I were wanting to do a film that would be uh, really self-contained, like not a big cast, just me, one location, not really having a crew because we're only using a phone and like what's around us. Um, And I was like, wow, what if this is kind of like the birth of this house? What actually happens here? And what's going to happen to my character at the end of things. So it was inspired by that and a little bit like House of the Devil, 
which is another favorite of mine. Um, and, and, you know, the same kind of stuff starts happening when I get to this like rambling old Victorian house in Cape May on the off season, like nobody's around anywhere. And this house starts to like take possession of me. So how do you think the, um, like the short video, um, you know, format adds to it? I think it creates a compelling, a compelling way to keep picking up the breadcrumbs. Like they're not just going to happen for you. And because Roz, my character is also like an influencer. I mean, she's a shitty influencer, but she's an influencer. <laughs> she has her own TikTok account too. So there's a little bit of a meta world mm. happening as she has regular followers who have no idea because they don't have the cinematic vision. They just have like her two camera, you know, like silly dances and, and, you know, recipes and all of that. So as things start to go wrong, that account that has no context is just like vastly chaotic. But if you're watching the movie and you realize that she's tagged, you can like see this parallel experience. So it feels a little bit more like, like a, like a choose your own ending book or, oh. or like a, like the way that sleep no more is crafted in New York, where you kind of just like walk through a building and whatever actor you happen upon is like the story that you get. That's sort of what ends up happening with this. And I think, um, I think that creates a fun puzzle if people are willing to interact with it. And when they have, it's been like, holy shit, what is happening here? Oh my God, get out of that house. Nice. <laughs> That's been fun. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was interesting. Like I, for me, for me, I, I, I watch it. I'm like, I mean, this is such a, a rich format. Like I'm surprised more people don't do it. And then I realized, like, the whole story of Quibi was basically that, and that failed <sighs> miserably. I know. Uh, but I still think it would work. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Quibi, it's, it's, it's just got to be, it's got to be the thing that people already have on their phones. Right. It, right? Yeah. Poor Quibi. Poor Quibi. <laughs> R.I.P. Quibi. <laughs> Do you know what Quibi is, David? No, I've, yeah, I'm just sitting here like, what is happening? So Quibi was this, like, this brainchild, I think it was, was it? Ratzenberger oh someone it was someone like in Hollywood but they were investing like millions if not billions in this new platform which was going to be short form like mm. high production video content and it had like Steven Spielberg had a series was going to have yes, a series I on do it, remember like, this I do all this stuff this. and it yeah. was just going to come out right at the pandemic yeah like the pandemic happened and just fucked it up royally because the whole yeah I remember the whole premise it. was like people will watch it while they're on the bus or like commuting <laughs> oh, or like so all, you know in between moments and stuff and like and then all of a sudden everyone was at home and didn't need to pass time on a commute and could just go do anything else they wanted during their workday and it was only for your phone. It wasn't it like was Netflix phone, where you can yeah. watch anywhere. Like, yeah. So it was just TikTok just took it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Snatched um, it right up. This so, is like, sad. Vine, but you had to pay for it. That's a great oh, idea. Yeah. So, <laughs> bringing it back, 
here. I want to, uh, we have a, a pretty good friend of the show for many, many years, uh, Max Allen. Uh, and he texted me the, the opening night of, uh, Evil Dead Rise. And, um, and he said the, the following. So, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna maybe edit this a little bit, but it's pretty much a quote from Max. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, in opposition to both of you, he says, I know you probably aren't planning on seeing Evil Dead Rise, but like, seriously, fuck Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> and I was like, What? And he said, it attempts to touch on concepts like child death and familial homicide, but does so so incredibly horribly that it's insulting. I would be totally interested in a movie that wanted to assess those concepts in a tasteful way. But this movie was basically like, quote, hey, this character is a mom, so you should care about her. And hey, this character is pregnant, so you should care about her. And then proceeded to use those boring characters to kill their children. So, so stupid. So infuriating. A waste of a movie. I'm uh, going to edit that part. I'm also starting to th- uh, think that I, that you were right in forsaking horror movies. So, well. <gasps> but oh, that has geez. nothing to do with anything other than to say, what, how, but we'll start with Bryce and then go to Jen. How do you respond to those criticisms? Is that fair, do you think? No, I can see how that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is to a certain extent exploitative of the the setup in terms of like the mom and the pregnant woman, um, and yeah, there is a bit of a built-in like you should be concerned for them because of that. Um, to me, I think it works, um, taking into account that what these movies are, you know, like. If you've seen Evil Dead before, like it's not going deep into character development. It's not going deep into like the backstory of everyone. It's setting it up, and you know, it's like setting up the pins and bowling them down. Um, and this just took a little more effort and creativity to set up something other than disposable teens in a cabin, uh, which gets points for me. Um, you could definitely take more time to set up the family like if you did it a la poltergeist or like treat it more like a spielberg film where it's like we see the family life and see the normality and 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 that to like really lull you into what's going to happen in the future but if you did that it would this movie would be so cruel (laughs) like it's it'd be so um mean to viewers to like really make you care a lot about each of the characters because they do some really fucked up things to most of the family um i think in terms of just setting it up to to be able to do those things um with the you know the set pieces that are in the movie I think it was fine. It wasn't distracting. It didn't seem exploitative to me. Um, what do you think, Jen? That's it's a really fabulous and fair point <laughs> from Maxwell. Um, I, I I agree with you, Bryce, in that like you got to take it for what it is. You got to take it as an Evil Dead movie. Like in Evil Dead, in the original, we knew nothing about any of these people. Just like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, out of nowhere terrible shit starts happening to them. Mm -hmm. And 
I think I think you're right. I think that if they had doubled down on the crafting of investment in these characters, it would have been so much more fucked up. And I kind of thought that that's what they were going to do with the way the trailer was crafted because it hinges so much on this mother going postal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In in a way that like the Babadook did in right. a very uh, – like that allegory stands up perfectly. This mm-hmm. one, less so. And as I was watching it, I could feel like, oh, it's because – I don't really care about her as a mom. Like, her kids are cool, but she just Uh feels like me, and I don't have children. Like, she's just (laughs) got a bunch of tattoos, and she's an Etsy person. And she's sort Mm -hmm. of, like, absently parenting as she's like, hey, siblings, take care of the little ones, which is not a critique of her. It's just like, I don't think of her as this person that they should trust with everything yet. And so the turnaround from it when things go sideways... Um, is less impactful because I'm yeah. like, well, I, I, it's not like I watched you rock them to sleep. <laughs> it's not like right. I saw them turn to you for, for their needs. Like everybody's right. kind of self-sufficient and that does make it less of a, um, l- you know, less of a, a cruel and horrible thing. But I feel like if they really wanted to lean into the allegory and like the social issues, they could have they could have committed to it more because you could feel like ah, they're trying to say something about single moms. They're trying to say something about divorce. They're trying to say something about, uh, you know, like, well, I guess we don't technically know if it's an unwanted pregnancy, but I'll just say that for the sake of it. Right. And mm-hmm. like they could have made more of a meal from it, but it kind of just felt like the givens. And mm-hmm. then it's like, well, here come the dead. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you kind of don't really. I mean, I don't. Yeah, you, I think there's a good point uh, through line in what you're both saying here, which is you don't necessarily want a whole lot of uh, social commentary in your Evil Dead movie necessarily. You know, <laughs> like right. it doesn't have to be like with a hard period on it. Uh, mm-hmm. It can just be an Evil Dead movie, and that's pretty good. Yeah, and the other thing is just like. Um, momentum like and velocity of Mm. of the movie like yeah it's really not trying to waste any time so like in terms of like cutting down and getting to the stuff that it's trying to deliver mainly just really fucked up body horror and and like gore stuff um it doesn't waste any time getting to that so let's start at the beginning um i really liked how how the movie opens up it's a really good wink to fans of of the original series it has like the evil dead shaky cam intro going through the woods it's got like kind of the dead vision and then it like starts flying (laughs) and i'm I'm like oh it's like oh it's like drone footage because i'm because fans of like does it do the audio no i don't think it does um i don't know did it jen it did something else it did sort of Less of that growl from the original and more of, like, the echoes that you then hear, I think, on mm. the LPs. Mm, okay. So, I mean, for for fans of, like, the the history or the production of it, like, the shaky cam is an innovation from Sam Raimi, which basically they put the camera on a big 2x4 and ran through the woods. 
and so like if you're a fan you're like thinking that as that that intro is going through that they're running through the woods with like a two by four and then starts flying you're like oh it was a drone the whole time (laughs) and then it ends up just being a drone like that was actually it wasn't the dead vision it was just someone flying a drone oh um, okay so it kind of double subverts it's, it's it's a nice wink and so, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. There, it opens up with a cabin in the woods with a bunch of friends, and one of them sick, and uh, like it's it's a cold open. So I think there's three characters: the guy with the drone, some other girl that doesn't want to be there, and then a girl that's sick on the bed. And then she wakes up and uh, throws up an alarming amount of, let's say, viscous white fluid. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's cum, but it looked a lot like cum. Uh, which is it, Bryce? <laughs> it, who's, who's, who's to, to say? say? <laughs> I mean, you're kind of an expert, right? <laughs> I mean, evil dead. I mean, who knows what the demons are doing in there? Um, and like, it's a pretty hard, uh, cut to all of a sudden this, this girl is like, you know, a deadite um, scalps this one, the friend that doesn't want to be there immediately. This is at the pre- start of the movie. This is at the mm-hmm. start of the movie. This is like the first five minutes. Wow! And then there's also a decapitation, Ugh. and then the head's like still moving. It's it's pretty solid. Like it it sets the the tone for the movie. Like again, they're not going to pull any punches. Um, you know how you know how in roller coasters there's like. There's like two different kinds of roller coasters, right? It's, it's, it's roller coaster starts, I should say. You know, there's the click, 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 click start. You know, click, click, and it, it builds up some mm-hmm. oh, oh, the sound. You got all that. Whoa, this is gonna be a thing. And then there's the one that just rockets you out the thing, just just shoots right. you. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like the uh, the shoot. Pretty much. Version. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, then it shifts gears. We're introduced to Beth. She's a audio engineer or guitar tech, um, for a touring band. And we're shown her taking a pregnancy test, um, assuming that she's pregnant, um, just from her reaction. I can never read those pregnancy tests anyways. Um, and then it, they don't work on you. Yeah. And then it shows her going to her sister's house. Um, the sister's Ellie. And she's got three kids. Teresa is the older sister, uh, played by Mirabelle Peace. Uh, Caleb, he's the brother that's a DJ, played by Richard Crouchley. And then Cassie, the young girl, played by Nell Fisher. And she's, how old is she? Oh, she's like six. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like the sweet, innocent face of, like, this movie where you're like, you're not gonna kill the little girl are you (laughs) like it sets up a lot i mean it shows like decapitation and scalping and like really fucked up shit from the very beginning so you're like is this movie gonna kill a little girl and like cause an abortion like uh, and you're like maybe like that's that's kind of like the the question that i had throughout the whole movie is like how depraved are we going because they they set up the field to be as depraved as you can get really um 
this was just my reaction. I don't know, Jen, if you, if you felt this, but like I was getting very strong non-binary vibes from uh, Teresa and Caleb. I'm not definitely. saying that they were non-binary characters, but they're definitely non-binary curious. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, those kids were um, were definitely on the gender and sexuality spectrum. Um, and they were really cool kids. And they were very, yeah. like, socially active and concerned in the well-being of each other, which was uh, mm-hmm. kind of refreshing. It's been – I feel like it's been a long time since you've led a horror f- film with – that kind of sibling care as opposed to like the everybody's fighting and then we have to gang up together yeah i mean it's it's kind of unique because they're they're not a cookie cutter family but they're obviously like very loving and supportive and it's an older family like Teresa and caleb are older teens at the very least if not in their 20s and cassie is young and so they're like I don't know. It feels pretty real um, to me starting off. And it's not like, uh, again, uh, it's not like a Spielberg family where it's like, this is the ideal 50s type family. Um, Mm -hmm. They've got character in their own lives and it feels pretty rich. Um, (laughs) I have a a quick, a quick question. Um, So this is billed as, you know, a gore fest. Um, and there have been some pretty notable entries into, you know, into that kind of genre, subgenre recently. Uh, the notable ones that are coming to my mind right now are The Sadness and uh, Terrifier 2, um, both mm-hmm. last year, right? Um, so how does this stand up in that regard to, let's say, those two movies? And, and have you seen either of those, Jen? I haven't seen any of the Terrifiers yet. Or whatever preceded Terrifier, right? That anthology. Right. Mm -hmm. I I haven't seen it yet. Clowns are not generally safe space for me. (laughs) Fair. What did did Pennywise do to you? Oh, my God. Everything. Everything on Earth. Yeah. (laughs) What's your your opinion on uh, Pennywise? Like, are you... uh, um, Tim. Cur- God, yeah, like it. is it yes, Tim Curry? It is. It's Tim Curry. I mean, Tim I Curry think... or uh, Bill Skarsgård. For what it's worth, I think Bill Skarsgård is spectacular, and I yeah, think that he... I'm into him too. Oh my God, he's he's great. He's great. And what Andy Muschietti did for those movies, like he did that story so right. He like made up for all of the ways that ABC like failed the original miniseries, mm. which I still think is very strong. But also I think Tim Curry is essentially a God. And so there's just, <laughs> they are apples and oranges, but it's like the, your favorite organic shiny apple and like a really good orange. Mm. Still really good. Yeah. <laughs> Fair, fair. One uh, won an orchard contest, uh-huh. <laughs> and the other Spice. one was a runner-up. <laughs> right? Yeah, I. I mean, I'm heavily in the Tim Curry camp. I mean, that's like the only 
truly great part of that miniseries is oh. Tim Curry's Pennywise and so good how good that character is anyways uh t- as far as on the terrifier yeah where spectrum, does this sit in the sadness terrifier uh the you know. gore spectrum? it's actually very very similar like it is wow like i would not say terrifier went any harder than this one necessarily are you honestly. serious well we'll get to like a couple of the set pieces i'm i'm kind of interested in getting to the point where because if you're if you're like shocked by scalping and decapitation that's like not the worst most shocking thing that happened in the film um so yeah i mean it, it, the the different the main difference is just way higher production value in this one like they can do a lot more really it, yeah do you remember the sadness you, you know like it's i mean as far as like the one scene Sure, maybe not anything quite that shocking, but mm. nearly. Wow. Like, right yeah. in there. Yeah, it does not. I mean, in terms, if you're looking for eye trauma, <laughs> uh, the sadness and Evil Dead Rise Ugh. got you covered. So there's there's a scene. <laughs> uh, I'll skip ahead a little bit um, where it's really going off the rails. Like the mother is locked outside of this apartment and there's this hallway massacre scene between like her and a bunch of the other tenants in this rundown apartment building and one of the main (laughs) main um effects was she bites the eye out of a guy's face (laughs) and then spits it into another guy's throat and (laughs) and he chokes on it so you know some good old evil dead horror comedy (laughs) It's like yeah. the it's like the Matrix of horror movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that, that's the one thing that I I'd say about like the production design and it kind of close, kind of lines up with how they set up the family where, um, it's pretty gritty. Like it's not like cookie cutter. Um, the the apartment complex they set it up as being condemned and going to be turned torn down in a month so like they're in the, the midst of moving um the family is and i think this is like one of my gripes that i've expressed on most like conjuring or like kind of lower effort horror movies like this apartment building definitely um suffers from spooky house syndrome where it's like the production design is just makes it look like it's the scariest spookiest house in the world and we're supposed to expect that like these people are just living in it. I'm like yeah this is fine <laughs> like um it does kind of lean into it a little bit because it it um talks about how you know they the vents are haunted or something cassie the younger sister is shown like wanting to defend herself from the ghosts that are haunting and has one of my favorite parts. She has Staffney, which is a little doll's head stuck to a staff to protect her from the ghost. Which, you know, Team Spear <laughs> comes up later. And in terms of like all my Team Spear fans, there's a great scene later where she stabs um, one of the Deadites through the head with Staffney. Mm. It's pretty great. So, Jen, 
there's a thing there's a little if you're if you're picking up on some vibes here there's a little underlying current going on uh long time feud between um bruce and myself uh about uh oh i'm sorry bryce and myself about um you know in the event of a zombie apocalypse Mm -hmm. um you were if you were given the choice of a of a hand a manual hand weapon you know you know yeah something a a melee weapon non non non-firing yeah like melee weapon what the question is what would you choose zombie apocalypse you know and so i go with bat because it slides off everybody has a bat it's easy to use um and bryce falls on spear for various ridiculous reasons um do you have a preference that may be outside of those two or uh, do you maybe desire I mean, one of those two? my first thought would have been like, uh, I don't think it's a cat of nine tails, but like a mace, right? So like mm. the bat with the giant spiky iron ball on it uh, or a giant axe. A people pleaser is what you are. You're just trying <laughs> to find the middle <laughs> ground. And by the way, it's not a bad idea. You got to go with what you trust you could use with some efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. My depth perception is shit. I would be so done with spear. (laughs) So done. (laughs) This is one of the many arguments against the spear camp. Thank you. All right, Jen. Well, let me argue the spear's point. As many of our listeners have heard ad nauseum, (laughs) it's all about damage at a distance and you know keeping zombies at bay yeah you got a horde of zombies do you want to be able to stab them multiple times while they're eight feet away or do you want one swing at one when they're two feet away and kebab them yeah this is what i'm saying you're getting your you're getting your shit stuck yeah everyone says like that spear would get stuck like why would everyone everyone say that (laughs) is it possible that that they're right and you're wrong (laughs) no it's the children who are wrong (laughs) Um, classroom after classroom of ugly ugly children (laughs) so uh, next like um like the next like story beat is there's an earthquake um a little ham-handed with the reveal of the necronomicon but the earthquake (laughs) reveals this underground bank vault um they find these lp recordings uh and a tomb uh, it's a little unclear. So it's, they uncover like a bank, I guess, which you could make sense of. Like there are underground cities, you know, like in Seattle and Portland, like cities built on top of themselves. Yeah. Who knows? There could be an old bank down there. But then it has like a stone mausoleum inside the bank, which is not common. Uh, <laughs> but don't worry about it. Um, it's got a bunch of crucifixes and charms hanging over it and it's cracked open. So they take out the Necronomicon. Um, it is kind of the Necronomicon from the, it's similar to the one from 2013. It refers in the recording that there's three of them. And I think so far we've seen three versions of it, but the thing is this one doesn't have any of the creepy faces on it. Um, which to be honest was a little bit much. You know, if you're going to have the spookiest book in the world, like maybe not put faces on it. If you want it to be believable that people are going to crack it open and start reading through it. Um, I will say that whoever skin 
made this book must have been pretty swole because it was very veiny um, <laughs> on the cover. Um, and then you got like the the setup, the the normal thing. The the one difference is, um, they who is it? What's his name? Caleb plays the record, and you know what's coming as a viewer of Evil Dead. But the difference in this this part is he tries to stop it <laughs> as a rational sane person would do if you have a book made out of skin with like creepy demonic pictures and then you hear uh, a priest starting to read from it you just don't you don't play it you stop it and he genuinely tried but the uh the deadites had sway over his record player i guess they they took over the dj uh capabilities and uh and then the dead eye is released flies into mom while she's in the elevator i'm kind of rocketing through this um but uh i'm i do have a question sure for both of you um okay so what kind of person are you uh would you be okay you come upon you're, you're in this bad <laughs> oh sorry you're in this scenario you know you you're, you're showing up you see this stuff you're in the bank vault you know curiosity's got you you're down there then you see you know the necronomicon would you and the and the recordings would you be able to uh stop yourself you know knowing what you know you've seen these movies you, you would you or would you be like this stuff isn't real like what's your actual like getting into your analysis of the thing you know like how, how would you would you be able to listen to it or would you like nope on out of there um i feel like i would have to look at the book like that's enough i don't think i would out loud say incantations i think hmm. that's like where i would stop it's unclear whether just reading it would do it would you have to say it out loud because i don't think i would uh, One could definitely... argue that the book would find a way to to make that happen, though. That's true. That's true. I am surrounded by idiots. <laughs> um. <laughs> and children. And children. The children are why this happened in the first I place. I stand by what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. As someone who used to own a Ouija board... And, like, had one weird experience, and then, nope, you, you could not, you could not pay me enough money to revisit it. So if I happened upon that tomb, absolutely not. Turn okay. it right around. Can I get you to regale us of this? <laughs> uh, or is that off limits as well? No. Um, no. I had, I, I just... I was using it alone, and I had some strange planchard action happening, and it didn't like... What's that? It's the... It's a planchard. How do you make planchard. a Ouija board? How do you feel about Ouija boards? How to Ojo board works? <laughs> no, what is that? How to Ojo board works. Yeah, Jen. how to Ojo board work, Jen. <laughs> to not do it at all. To put that shit away. What's a planchard... <laughs> Uh, what did the you plan say? Planchette? Maybe that's the name? And that's it's like the little that's thing the that pizza you pie. put your hands on. Oh, okay. Pie. All right. Go on. Right. And like, I grew up next to a cemetery. So <laughs> mm. there was definitely always like the sensation that there was activity nearby if I wanted to tap into it. And I just noticed that like 
it was going places that I was not trying to get it to go. So after that, I put it away. Thanks, Parker Brothers. But I'm going to pass. And same absolutely goes for the Necronomicon. Okay. Now you yeah, I like... kind of love the fact that like it's a board game put out by a major brand. It's like, <laughs> do you want to tap in to demonic <laughs> forces and experience the afterlife? Parker yeah. Brothers brings that to you. Parker <laughs> Brothers brings you Ugu Board. <laughs> Wawag Board. Wawag Board. Uh, um. <laughs> board. How we can do plan chit without using ooja board? Is it dangerous to play oija board? Widja board? My widja board? This is a recording. This is a a man reading from Yahoo questions. People <laughs> attempting to spell Ouija board. Uh, Have you ever seen this before? Is this no. Widget's board is cussing me out. Is the Wager board online fake or real? It's the Ouija I real game. How we can able to play Ouija board? Ouija board or whatever? How do I find out if they're a ghost in my house without using a Weggy board? A Wiggy board game? What happens? <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to mess about with a quiche board. Wawag board. No. Is that how you spell the evil game thing? Wawag board. No. <laughs> no, wow. That's great. Thank you, Internet. Um, Quidja? Quiche board. Quibby! Yeah, uh, yeah. Use the Quibby, Quibby board. Um, Quiche board. So the, we're, we're given kind of an homage to the forest rape scene from the original, and I think this was kind of in the remake too, wasn't it? Anyways, the, the mother's in the elevator, and then all these wires jump out and, and wrap her arms and, and legs. Um, and then we're, we're shown basically what we're shown in the trailer, which is the mom turning into a deadite and being just kind of awful to these kids with the, the quote, I'm finally free from all you titty-sucking <laughs> parasites, which is a great quote, by the way. Um Oof. In terms of just, you know, putting it out there. Oof. Being real with her feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's, I mean, and then it's just straight ahead, like, special effects set pieces with a big culmination in the end. Like, it's, I think we covered the hallway, the eye. Um, there's, like, the first thing. I think the mom has like this mirror, shard of a mirror and stabs it through Teresa's hand. Um, mm. And then, you know, we're kind of explained through the recording that there's not really any way to kill them. Even dismembering them doesn't really stop them. Like the only solution is to run. And eventually Teresa and um, Caleb are infected. And there's a couple now hold up here. Now um, you say infected. I'm I'm not quite. Uh, I'm not understanding. Are they they're they're being infected with deadite. Yeah, I mean they're kind of loose with the rules. I mean the same with like the original. Like they don't really over explain it. Just all of a sudden, one of them is now evil. Like if a deadite kills you in some manner, they have they have sprinkled a little dead dust on you. Mm. Right. I mean even Teresa like. She wasn't so yeah, this is this is the thing. Um 
Teresa just starts spewing black oil from her orifices. What does that mean? Orifices. Like her eyes and her mouth hmm. just start like spewing. Oh, yeah. And it's not like dark blood. It's like definitely black oil. I Yeah, it's like uh, the X-Files oil. And, yeah. and then she just starts going at her family. Um, and they kill her with Staphne. Kill her with Staphne. And tire body up but she's definitely like a deadite deadite now and they'll swallow your soul i'll swallow your soul right yeah and there's no really explanation real explanation of why she was possessed i mean she was the first one attacked by the mother i guess she gets a scratch on her cheek that's almost like a uh oh that's right right so like when I think it's, I don't think it's a tattoo gun. I think it's a soldering iron. I think it's uh, right. Cause she does oh, like jewelry welding. So okay. when the mother uh, tackles Teresa and is like, and we have this really terrible, like cornea to sharp, hot thing proximity. Um, she ends up scratching her cheek mm. and then you can see it sort of like undulating with black stuff underneath as though it's like right. an infection of the dead. Yeah. And then Caleb. Now, hang on. Is, how, how is this hitting you, Jen? Like through the, through, are you delighted or are you disgusted as all this stuff is happening? Pretty you know? delighted. Pretty <laughs> delighted. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not terrible with gore. I'm pretty good with gore. The thing that makes me like climb a wall is dread. And I would say one of the more unsettling things that they that they built into this movie that we didn't have the benefit of just for, you know, budget and tech in the originals is that um, when Ellie turns into a deadite, you have the like K-horror sort of walking dead mm -hmm. shuffle of like really strangely paced like some frames are sped up some are slowed down some are deleted um and i always think that kind of movement is fucking terrifying yeah so. it's like the joints that are oops all movements like yeah all joints can move whichever way right you know right um, so that freaks me out far more than someone just like spewing and spewing and spewing what are I the can... dreadful movies that uh, that come to mind when you think of, when you go i oh, the, the things that make my skin crawl what are those oh god um we've talked about terrifier but did you guys see terrified uh-huh oh! this is we constantly mention this one as like really terrifying mm -hmm. terrifying Terrified was so good, and that was a really effective dread movie. Uh, Hereditary? Mm -hmm. uh, no, I'm never, ever watching it again. I can't believe <laughs> I already agreed to watch it a second time just to make sure that my, like, 20-year-old nephew would deal with it okay because he was like i'm so excited i'm gonna watch hereditary i'm like i don't think you know what you're getting into <laughs> hey girl you're like dead in our lane like exactly yeah. in our yeah. taste <laughs> yeah i mean that's i mean ari aster are, are you looking forward to see uh bo is afraid i am and i'm going in totally blind i haven't even watched a trailer i i know that the reviews 
swing wildly. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at, like, the reviews as being, like, completely polar opposites. I'm like, okay, this is a good sign. For I me. know, I mean, right? Is it a um, horror movie? No, it's not exactly. It's a feel-bad I mean, movie? It's a feel-bad <laughs> movie, I'm pretty sure. Um, Ari Aster is not, like, you know, a happy-go-lucky guy in terms of his film output. Uh, but it's it's more of, like genre bending it sounds like a drama or fantasy kind of thing kind of i'm thinking of ending things lane i was just thinking of that one which i haven't watched yet but i heard that same tonality coming out of it yeah thinking about ending things is probably the most depressing movie i can think of um (laughs) in terms of and actually, like you, do you have a background in in theater or like musical stuff? Of course. <laughs> like, um, have you seen Oklahoma? <laughs> no, but I'm very no? familiar oh, with okay. it. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. There's a couple like literature and like pop culture references in that movie that, if you don't understand how it's using the tone of those things, it doesn't quite translate but like for some reason like the key to that movie was knowing what oklahoma is about yes <laughs> so maybe watch oklahoma before you got it um, but uh yeah i mean this is i forgot what we're talking about it's dark dread this movie is dark yeah this is <laughs> this this has that dread in it in terms of like like again no one no one feels safe and you know like like it's not going to obey the rules it's kind of interesting so the mom is infected and she's like locked out of the apartment and so they kind of replicate the trope of you know henrietta being locked in the basement in Mm. the in the first one with um the mom being locked outside the door because we see her you know looking through the people and communicating to them inside and mocking them um the mom is trying to act like, or the deadite mom, I guess, is trying to act sweet to get the young girl to open and trick her. Um, and then she's talking to um, Beth, her sister, which is another quote, open the door like you open your legs, you stupid groupie slut. <laughs> which is pretty hard. Um, and then she gets be, in by climbing through that. the vents like a cat. Sorry, David, what, you, what did you say? I'm just going to be clipping that a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, and then one of the most effective scenes, like, effects for me, which was also the simplest, was Teresa attacks Beth with a cheese grater, like a box cheese grater, and just, like, slams it on her leg and pulls it up oh. her calf. And it's like... Out of all the things, like (laughs) eating an eye, spinning it, like scalping, decapitating, it's the cheese grater on the leg that disturbed me the most. It's like, ow, I can feel it. I can feel it in my leg. It's like, it's the thing that you're most cognizant of in the kitchen. Like, oh, hold this the exact right direction so that I don't slice 400 pieces of my skin off. Right. (laughs) It's like a Lego on the floor. Oh. Just waiting. Awful. Sure, you can you can get stabbed with a butcher knife, but I mean, you don't get the surface area of 
<laughs> of pain receptors like a cheese grater. Oh. Um. So the end of the film is is basically okay. This is where it like ramps it up because we've seen a bunch of like set pieces and and effects, and then it's finally just um cassie the young girl and beth uh kind of our main character that are survived and there's a moment with beth and ellie uh which is a callback to uh the previous films where she's got her pinned down she says i will swallow your soul which is a nod to the previous movies and then she looks at her and says two souls because she realizes that she's pregnant and this is where it's like okay how far are they going to go on this because then um ellie starts digging into her abdomen um how did that land for you jen i thought they were going to go further (laughs) i really did i felt like i felt like they got some notes and they and they paired it back um but yeah like I figured if they were going, if if they were going to lead with her saying that, they were going to go all the way. Um, so I was not super disturbed by it because I was kind of like prepping myself for even worse, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had visions of, you know, deadite fetuses <laughs> dancing in my right. head. Um, <laughs> like it, it really felt like that it was a possibility that they were going to uh do a extreme abortion in in this movie and <laughs> and they didn't dude i i don't know how this movie hasn't been thought of but patent pending uh extreme abortion <laughs> like uh, unrated unrated um, yeah that or a show on tlc god help us dude that's right. a, that's a great <laughs> That's a great metal band name. Extreme uh, Abortion. Man. Yeah. Bravo, Bryce. You did it. <laughs> so instead she she makes her escape. But yeah, I mean I mean thinking about it, it's like, okay, well there's no way that that could be in theaters if they actually did something that Right. Intense. I mean it would get it would not get an R rating. Like it's you would get an X rating. We could also definitely. have the option for an alien like abdomen burster if somehow right yeah there's that i mean that the possibilities were bloody and endless you know right i I don't think an x or uh non you know now what they tend to do if it's going to get you know uh an x rating or an uh nc-17 rating is they'll just leave it unrated i don't think it's the stake in the coffin that it used to be in theaters. I mean, it might be. I don't know. No, uh, in but... theaters, it definitely still is. Yeah. Like, in theaters, they just won't show it. Hmm. Like, it can't. Cowards. I mean, chains like Regal and, and AMC just won't won't show it wide release. Um, unless, like, it's special cases art film and they'll they'll have limited release. But it's definitely, I think, a, a death knell for theatrical. But in terms of streaming, like it wouldn't hurt at all at all like no mm-hmm. one cares like how often do you even check the rating when you're streaming stuff um only when you're gonna show stuff to kids i guess 
Uh, not in Jen's parents' case, but most <laughs> most parents. Dude, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, it's it's so close to home. Like, let's take a movie about a doll. Like, this girl's gonna like dolls. You know. <laughs> Yep. You know, a little hey, Jen kid. has been really into those My Buddy ads. <laughs> you want to watch oh, a, a movie ab- about a toy? Come on over here. It's a toy movie. <laughs> and then just like, nope. That's so crazy to me. How did that, how did that, how did you do? I, I you- mean, I remember as a young kid for however many years it lasted, laying in bed and staring up at the top of my dresser where there was just like, a large plushed Mickey Mouse, a large plush like JC Penny Christmas bear, and like a few other things. And thankfully, they were all stuffed animals. So I didn't have any dolls that were larger than a Barbie. Thank God. Um, because, yeah, if I had had a My Buddy, I would have been so fucked. <laughs> no, never. Or Teddy Ruxpin, you know. Oh, like. I did have a Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, he probably sat up there too. And I just like, I fell asleep watching them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just uh, at some point <laughs> succumbing to this, the sleep needs of a small child. But yeah, I mean, that it stuck with me. Rough. Stuck with me. <laughs> Real rough. Poor little girl. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Like. I know she right. turned out okay. I turned well, out yeah, right. it's just like <laughs> I can lumps. imagine, like I can just imagine the, you know, that experience, just being like shit, you know, like this is why I have not yet, and I don't know if I can ever bring myself to, watched Skinamarink. Oh, listen, have you have you ever? Safe. Oh, you know what you're, you're describing when you're laying in bed looking at the corner of the room. <laughs> Like, you've already seen it. You've you know seen how, the whole movie. You know how you're terrified that something's going to happen, but nothing ever happens? Every night of your life. In the corner of a room? You did it. You did it. You braved no. the movie. You've, you've already seen it. Sometimes. Every night when you look up up at your ceiling. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you go to bed in different rooms, different corner. Oh. Right. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's, you did it. Yeah. Well, we're all clapping for you. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> so the the culmination of Evil Dead Rise in terms of like the body horror and the like the fine the finale of it is this great set piece where I th- I think it's just her 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 kids. So Ellie has been basically like um had her leg and arm cut off and then Teresa and Caleb deadites crawl up to her and start digging their arms and feet and whatever into the mother's body until they become this abomination of limbs and heads deadite transformer yeah it's a deadite yeah it's like the the trans it's like Deadite Voltron. That's what it is. <laughs> They're like the the five lions combine into mighty Voltron. It was the three Deadites combined into the mighty mighty. And then the guys from the hallway, the uh, the other people who who died in the hallway and lived in the building. Did they latch on to? I, I, think I couldn't so. tell if it was just the three of them or not. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was this like this many limbed headed creature that starts scuttling after him 
um, and Beth and Cassie are in, in the basement. And I didn't catch it. I think one of the through lines of all the Evil Dead movies was Sam Raimi's car. It must have been in the in the basement, but I'm not sure if it was the car that they're trying to escape in or not. Um, but they're they're in the basement parking lot, and they eventually make their escape. It's a Buick. Um, it could be. I think it's a Buick. I remember yeah. them like very specifically getting a good shot of the hood ornament. Evil Dead car was it? Because it was. It could be. I thought it was a of like a station wagon that they're in. Was I? Was I wrong? I mean, this is the Oldsmobile from all the Evil Dead movies. Nice. And this is like literally Sam Raimi's car, and it's in every Evil Dead. I'm not sure if this is the car that they were getting in or not, but it, it might have been. Um, this is the problem with watching a new movie. I can't go back and rewatch it. Um, but they do finally make their escape. And then the epilogue is basically showing that, Hey, remember how this is a multi-story apartment building? Well, there's people on the other floors (laughs) and one of them is the girl that, um, we saw in the prologue. So, I mean, all of this happened the day before what we saw in the, in the prologue. And so it's kind of like showing that it's not it's not over um with the deadites um and we're all fucked <laughs> so final recommendations jen who do you think would like this definitely fans of the original series um i think also um yeah people who are into gore if you like a good gore fest it will live up to all of your expectations all your mm-hmm. hopes and dreams um, I also kind of felt like if this was the like the stepchild of anyone, it would be of the Evil Dead and like Wreck or Quarantine. Mm-hmm. In the confines of a place. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Not found footage, but yeah, the yeah, in the confines of an apartment. Yeah. I gotta say uh, the last note you have here is I will give it credit for not aborting the baby. And that makes me feel pretty good about not seeing this movie. I got to tell you, <laughs> I feel like I made the right choice and, uh, and I'm happy that you two are both very happy with seeing, having seen this movie. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was uh, good. it's, uh, it goes hard. It goes hard <laughs> into the paint. This one. Um, so yeah, I definitely, while I was watching, I was like, yeah, David would not like this movie. Would, was there, uh, wanton nudity? No. Oh. Man. Not at all. Seems like a waste. It was a, it was a very sexless film. Yeah. Great. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's because of the kids. Ah. Yeah. And then. Keep that away. Mm. Yeah. And like both of, both of the adult women are painted as mothers and so Mm -hmm. like you take their sexualization away really the only thing that's even remotely salacious is the way that a deadite will talk to a woman which is you know immediately to just like call her a whore and 
So, but yeah, otherwise, no, there's really, there's nothing. Okay. This brings up another question for you here, Jen. Uh, we have both gone on record and it's uh, like, so there's this movie, uh, Stranger by the Lake. Um, it's a French movie and it's just basically a gay porn. Um, and it's like, we're like, please Highly recommend it. more of this because, because like, I'm just tired of, of everything being so washed out, you know, like just yes. like, I want a lot more sexuality slash nudity in movies of all kinds. Where do you fall on that? Or are you kind of more like, nah, maybe more conservative? No, I'm, I'm on board with that, especially because, uh, there, there's a huge argument made for, or I guess against the desexualizing of cinema that has happened because of Marvel owning everything. Um, and, and it leaves so little room for us to see that huge element of the human experience, whether it's, you know, done for like grindhouse features or whether it's like an Adrian line film and, you know, or like call me by your name or something. It's, yeah. yeah. Everything has been really, really washed. And especially as an actor, when it's kind of the safest time in history for us to do intimacy on camera because now like intimacy coordinators are mandated by the unions and so like you don't have to worry about brando being a dick to you you mm. like you can you can have a safe consenting professional experience and tell that story in a safer way than ever before but now they don't think there's a market for it so i'm actually on board i think there should absolutely be Infinitely more sexuality, especially well because said. they're now saying like Gen Zers are having less sex than any of us ever. Right. I know it's because there's no tits in movies anymore, <laughs> dude. That's that's what I've been saying. Okay. I mean, I think it's I think it's a joint like um, thing between yeah the Disney Disneyfication of film, but also like the Backlash? it's gotten a lot more conservative. Like it's swayed mm. back, and yeah. and it's not from like necessarily the religious right on this side it's like it's more of like hey are we exploiting women just by having a random tit scene in this movie and well but my answer to that yeah my answer to that though is not less tits it's more dicks you know i'm serious (laughs) like like why why is the answer less of something good why isn't it more of something of the opposite? You know, like just bring it <laughs> of all something in. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do no, like, have to say, I saw, I saw a dick. I don't remember what I was watching. I saw a dick, and it was so. It was. It wasn't yeah. bad, but it was so unexpected mm-hmm. that I was like, no one prepared me for this mm. <laughs> there was no warning and there was no lead up like look, look it's a different at, tool it's a di- <laughs> it's used for a different you know it's right. a little bit of a surprise attack every time you know yeah there's no doubt but it it's does not, not to say to it doesn't I see boobs but you right know, it's a reaction nonetheless <laughs> yeah because you get more of a ramp up when you see boobs yeah you do right. yeah you do <laughs> If yeah, you no. know what I mean. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, Stranger by the Lake taught me a lot about myself, right. about 
my need to see a lot more wieners. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. And you know how underutilized sexual. Fifty you percent know. of the population of the earth has one. Mm-hmm. What are we just going to ignore that? Is right. that what we're going to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. No. I'm um, Evil Dead Rise. I'm, I'm just saying it's in the title. <laughs> Why wasn't there a dick? <laughs> Fair. Um, you know, the, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's almost no male characters of incident other than other than um, Caleb. But even him, like, again, kind of on on the spectrum there with in terms of gender and oh. certain presenting. So, like, yeah, not not a lot of uh, testosterone. And it's interesting in because I wasn't sure if we if like. I was like, oh, maybe they're making up for a lack of women in the original trilogy. But I also don't think that's true because most of the women turned into deadites and become. I think there's only like one guy in the original who, you know, gets deadified. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's really not like an absence of female villains in the original, especially because everybody becomes a villain in this one. Right. Um. Yeah, so my final recommendations is in line with Jen. Like, if you like, you know, hard gore, um, uh, if you're kind of into body horror, it's got a little bit of that. But um, come for the effects, not necessarily the storytelling, necessarily. Um, but it's really good for what it is. If you're a fan of Evil Dead franchise, and especially the 2013, I think this is very much within the lines of those. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's go to our, um, voicemail bit where we, uh, call horror movie whores. Are all of yep. those Danny DeVito? <laughs> all of those are Danny DeVito. We have Great. we have a Sopranos based one too. But, oh my god! Um, the Sopranos mm. one is arguably more interesting. Yeah, I can't. I, I haven't been able to find it, but uh, <laughs> 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 the uh, okay. So this bit, um, our listeners are horror movie whores. And they call us, and uh, we answer their questions. So here, we we won't get through all of them. Jesus, we have a lot. Uh, but this is back in March 29th. This is probably around when we first revealed that we were having mm. issues with uh, David being able to watch horror movies. And so here are some Becoming reactions. Becoming general that. audience is curious. Mm-hmm. Hey, boys, it's Dick Mancreech. Listen, this, uh, this voicemail is just for you. Just for David and Bryce. So if you guys want to cut it, that's fine. It might be a little bit long, sweet person. Listen, boys, I'm listening to your 28 Days Later podcast, and you're saying stuff like, I don't know what the fans are going to think. You're right. People are going to be thinking, I, I didn't even make it all the way through the episode. I haven't made it to Afropod yet. I'm, I'm totally going to listen to them. But you're right. Your fans are going to wonder what's going on. I've only been here for a year, give or take. Not even a year. And I'm a huge fucking fan. So I haven't been I haven't been there I haven't been riding with you guys like long but I've been here for a hot minute you know and 
I fucking love you guys. You guys are more than just a horror movie review show. I, I really think you are. If you were only a horror movie review show, I don't think you'd be as successful as you are. David, the fact that you may not want to watch horror movies anymore, does that, does that suck a little bit? Yeah. But is it okay? Yes. You got to do what's good for you, man. You have to do what's right for you. I also feel there's, there's shit that I can't watch either, man, since I've had children. Uh, and I know that we're not the same. No, no two people are the same, but, like, there's stuff that I straight up have refused to watch. And I don't even know if it's that distressful. I just I see, like, oh, there's a baby in this? And there's a guy, Cargo, for example. It's a, a, a horror movie on Netflix where a guy has a baby in a fucking backpack during a zombie apocalypse. And ever since I had children, I was like, I'm straight up not going to fucking watch that. I don't need that fucking stress in my life. I don't even know if it's that bad. But I fucking understand what you're saying, man. I get it. And listen, I support you. Thank you. Uh, if, if this is the end of the horror movie portion of horror movie talk, and you guys end up changing it up to something else, I'll fucking be there. I will fucking be there. And a lot of other fans will too. I just want you to guys, uh, both of you guys to know that I fucking love both of you. And you guys are so much more than a horror movie review show. You really are. Uh, if you weren't, then why the fuck would the after pod be so goddamn successful, you know? Um, thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, I'm thinking about, David, I'm thinking about you. Bryce, I'm always thinking about you too, big guy. I fucking love you both. Um, take care. Do what you have to do to be happy, both of you. And the fans will fucking be there. And if not, then I am truly grateful for everything that you have given us. Thank you so much, both of you. I love you. Later, boys. A lot of kindness and understanding for what a man a named Dick, Dick Mancrease. Yeah. Thank you, Dick Mancrease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we sent people into a panic. There's a little bit of, like, I don't know. Um, salaciousness. Right. Salaciousness or just, like, um, just sick delight that I get from leaving people hanging for a couple <laughs> weeks by showing, by, like, uh, putting a couple back in, uh, like, don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Is this the end of horror movie <laughs> talk? Will, Tune our in next week. <laughs> Pull it out. Yeah. All right. For thanks, the exciting Dick. conclusion, too. <laughs> Here's one from Elizabeth. Hello, fantastic people. It is Elizabeth. Um, I'm just calling to chime in on the boobs versus dick conversation. Um, in your 28 days. It's a frequent um, conversation. Later podcast episode, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, as a female, I'm going to say that, honestly, like, boobs don't bother me. I don't mind it at all. They're great. Do I really want to see dicks in movies? Not especially. I mean, I am straight 100%, but, um, like, I don't know. I feel like I just have to be in the mood to see a dick. I, I, you can't just be flinging that thing out and then expect me to get excited about it. You know, you got to. You know, women are like ovens. You got to warm us up. We're not microwaves, like guys. So you know, don't don't be throwing dicks in my face in movies. Boobs are okay. You can. You know, I have I have boobs, and you know, actresses obviously have nice bodies. You know, they most likely have nice boobs. You know, fine, whatever. You know, I can appreciate the beauty of a woman's body. I have one. I appreciate my body. It's very beautiful. And actresses' bodies are also beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, I think personally, women boobs, fine, totally fine. Dicks, you got to give me a minute. Like I said, don't be flinging that thing out at me. 
Killian Murphy is the exception because he is just a Greek god, but, mm. you know, maybe Christian from Midsummer didn't really need to see his, his dick. I, I could have gone without seeing that, but that's that it. Day. I'm sure most of the women in the horror movie group will agree with me about the whole boobs debate. I think it's perfectly fine. I think people making the argument that it's misogynistic and stuff are people that don't typically watch horror movies and don't appreciate that kind of thing. So, all right, later. Thoughts. Respect, Elizabeth. Respect. Uh, mm -hmm. Overall, overall, yeah, I am. I, I think that's totally good. And I also think that in order for seeing a dick on screen to feel like seeing boobs on screen, no matter where, what you are, what sexuality you are, we need to be more artful with the way that we shoot dicks. Mm. Yeah, you need a little more warming up. So I think I think I think the takeaway there is like you got to start out with some dick root, um, and you know just kind of see well where look. the abs like point down mm -hmm. to the dick. Maybe we don't have, have to be AF. so limiting, right? Like, like that look, V is insane. maybe you pop out one ball <laughs> no. um, uh, out of the shorts. No, now you're just trying just to be comedic. You know, kind of have a have a tease. Don't do this. Don't I'm make, trying don't, to find solutions. Don't baby. cheapen it. Yeah, but you're being doing it with like comedy, and I don't. Like, I don't <laughs> David wants that. real solutions. I think Listen, the real solution the, is just like when we see boobs on camera. There's like Vaseline on the lens. There's like uh, softer lighting, mm. like some kind of saxophone playing. Oh right. God, the it happens, see, and then you're like, I'm about to see tits, and then you see tits, and you're like, Yes, dude. So nobody does that for dick. It's Listen, like. Let's let, let what are the situations where a dick is successful? All right, <laughs> let's look at those, and then we can reverse engineer this baby. You know, are Maybe there? Any <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding me? Look at all the people in the world. You know, like, on those camera, just happen. Um, on camera. Oh, okay. No, I, no, I'm talking about like just evolutionarily a yes, successful definitely. dick. Definitely, a dick comes is successful. With, often comes with you know some ASM. Just hang, coming wait, up. Hang, hang on, hang on. Comes a successful dick. Achieves its goal when there's some ASMR uh, involved, yep. you know, maybe some neck kissing, mm. you know, a little bit of, you know. This little, is, speaks you, to Elizabeth's point. Exactly. Some caress, you know, <laughs> maybe we got to get, you know. This is I a think, kid I who think, watched Skinamax. We could we could have like a, a 4D experience, like get more seats that are like vibrating a little bit. Like that you Bugs know, Life ride. It. It, uh, the Bugs Life ride. It, uh, what is, what's it called <laughs> uh, in the Disney World? Uh in the animal kingdom, where uh, it, the, you feel the bugs running under your butt, uh -huh. and, right, then, right, right. and then it sprays you in the face with some mist, and you're like, "Shit, what the fuck was that?" And then, and then it stinks in the room, and you're like, "Oh, actually, that's pretty similar." That's yeah, pretty, it's, it'd be spot on. Spot on for what you would need to. Like, oh, it smells in here. Oh, I feel oh. fingers on my butt. What is that musk? <laughs> you know, oh. I think I, I think I realized like what the difference is like. Um, I think I've cracked a code. We'll have to talk about this more in the afterpod, but I'm realizing like, okay, the difference is boobs are, um, they need no introduction really. I mean, they not too much. need no introduction, but they like, okay, you, you think of it, they're contained, right? But then when they're revealed, it's satisfying. They're aesthetically pleasing. Oh, man. And it's like, there's that pop, right? We all know it. A dick on the other hand, if you're got it like, cramped up and shoved in like some tidy whities mm. and you pull down your pants it just looks like a shriveled up little pathetic you know hey speak for yourself hey it's like a shrinky dink you know <laughs> you gotta 
put it in water and let it expand for a couple hours before you're like, oh yeah, that's nice. It's like, okay. I'm I'm just saying, it's yeah. like you you let it out of your pants and it's got like a couple moments where it just looks like a, you know, Voldemort from the uh, third Harry Potter or something. Yeah. It's not quite fully formed. That's all I'm saying. It begs okay. the argument, does it have to be hard in order to be filmed? Right. No. You know, that's... Let's feels unfair to just say yes. Feels dismissive, but, you know. Yeah. A, a legit I mean, question. <laughs> yeah. Is it fair? No. Is it needed? Yeah. Is fluffing needed? Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Next Next caller. Hey guys, this is Jeremy from uh, basically Milwaukee. You've heard me on here before, maybe once or twice. Um, this year and David talked about maybe he wanted to change it up a little bit and do something different because the way the films are affecting him. Um, and hearing Bryce coming back about how you know he doesn't really like to watch The Exorcist anymore because he feels those feels when it comes in waves. And I feel all of that too. I'm going to be 33 this year. And I've had a loss in my life, which is why my friend specifically asked me, you know, probably don't watch Poltergeist. Good movie, probably don't watch it. Because I've had, you know, a loss in my life that was my daughter. Um, and I uh, totally understand those feels. And as I get older, I can't decide if I'm getting too old. Is it because I've experienced a loss? Is it something in the water? I don't know. I know I don't appreciate it. So I can totally understand um not wanting to subject yourself to those kinds of things and how they're going to bother you. Um, sorry, that's why they had to grow coughing back there. Um, also, to that effect, the more you watch, the more you get... I get bored with it, too, sometimes. And at this point in my life, I get much more joy out of documentaries and listen to you guys talk. Listen to you guys talk about horror movies. At this point in my life, it's, it's more enjoying than watching most horror movies. Um, I listen to you guys. I listen to um, um, I listen to Hub, the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. I love them. And listening to both these podcasts to me is more enjoyable than having movies I watch. Um, that being a fact, I know you don't want to stop doing the podcast. I really, I don't want you to either. I like to listen to you guys. Um, you know, I'm a club, not club member. I'm sorry, um, Patreon member. I, I like, I like to listen to you guys. Um, that being said, I know you're gonna come up with your own ideas and what I say. You know, it doesn't matter in that regard. But um, I would like to see, this is an idea, um, the genre movie talk. So it's not specifically only horror, and you do talk about other genre movies because they're much more fun to get into and take apart, as you guys know. And you guys can throw in some gangster movies. You know, there's other, other genre movies that you guys can really get in there and dissect and take apart the same way you have been. And I think most of us, at least for myself, I would enjoy that. So much, and also it kind of gives you guys um, more opportunity to pick better movies if you want. So you're not so stuck in one genre, but it's all you know genre esque, genre esque films. And then you could you could get into more things, and you could be pickier about it. And every movie is a good movie, you know. Everything you guys have interesting things to talk about. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. I just want to you know say hey and let you guys know that I feel. All those same feels. I'm I'm 33, probably the same age as you guys. I'm not sure right where you're at. I think you're right around there. Um, I've also experienced a loss. So I. Sorry, it gets cut off. Um, yeah, I mean, good news is yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. Um, with with horror movie talk plus, 
we'll be able to do other it's it's so weird like the 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 phrase a genre movie like because it's it kind of writes off you know the quality of the movie just because it because it fits within a genre but people look down on it. it's like yeah horror movies like <laughs> it's never never gonna win an oscar like westerns or action movies or comedies it's like oh the movies that everyone likes and goes mm. sees as opposed to just like these bummer movies like a marriage story like i don't care how good it is it's like you know if you're going for entertainment you're gonna go for a genre movie <laughs> um anyways. totally thanks jeremy um We'll do, let's do yeah, three really, more calls. Yeah, really appreciate all the support from everyone. We've received a lot of messages over Instagram, over, you know, all our social media and, and these messages. It's it's real nice. Everybody, thank you. That's really yeah. supportive. Um, Next up is from Kelly. Hey, boys. This is Kelly Baldwin, and I am located in central Indiana. Beautiful, rainy these days. Just got my hair rainbow colored. Um. So I haven't called, even though I've listened for years, and just wanted to say that, um, you know, I found you guys because I was seeking a show to listen to on the regular that was um, really focused on horror movies. But at the same time, you know, we're all people. And so it's really important to me, and I think to most of the people who listen and care about you, that you do what is best for you. Um, so if you do make a change to format, just know you're not going to lose a whole lot of your audience because, you know, even if I came here for horror movies, I stayed for everything else. So good stuff to you. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate everything you do. Thanks, Kelly. And yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what we're trying to do is like, you come for the horror movies, but you stay for everything else. Like, cause the everything else, like that's the good stuff anyways. The boobs versus dicks debate. That's <laughs> yeah. what we stay Spears for. versus bats. Man. I'm just... David's pigtails versus Bryce's slowly growing hair. Mm. Um, oh dear. What? Oh, I thought you said, gro- I thought you said groin hair. I was like, okay. Groin. Yeah. My groin <laughs> hair. Jesus Christ. Why is anyone listening? That grows very fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same. We used to have man. We used to have Manscaped on, but oh yeah, that's you know, true. I mean, yeah. Once Manscaped dropped as a sponsor, like it's it got wild. Got I'm crazy. telling you what, it's a jungle down there. And you know, it's a little bit of a misleading name because Carrie used it. I'm just saying, you know, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think that's allowed. It happened. <laughs> We <laughs> all right. A uh, couple more. Hey, Bryce and David. I am a fan. I've been listening to uh, the show for probably um, about uh, uh, almost a year now. Um, I'm not a patron yet. Uh, okay, never mind. Um, just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm on a fixed income, but. Hopefully, eventually, I will get to. I will be able to do that. But um, the reason I called. Uh, oh, and by the way, you can call me Frankenclaw. Uh, there's a story behind that. But uh, anyway, so I just wanted to. Uh, I'll try to keep this short. Um, I, I, this is concerning David's recent 
point about not being able to uh, watch horror movies anymore. And uh, I, I, I suggest that he um, look into um, the works of Carl Jung, and uh, Jung talks about the shadow, and I believe the shadow, that everybody has a shadow, and I believe, and, and as he points out in that, uh, uh, you know, in his books about that, um, that, you know, by by uh, facing that part of ourselves and addressing it, and I think that's kind of what horror is about. It's about facing that dark side of ourselves that we all have and being able to bring it into the light of day and deal with it. I, I, I think running away from it or trying to suppress it is not – does not work, and I think it's a, it's it generally backfires. But anyway, I love the show. Uh, I just wanted to say that, and uh, uh, keep on keeping on. I hope you guys can can do uh, keep doing the the show, um, and uh, I wish you all well, both well, and you know everything. And uh, I may call again sometime. I don't know, but anyway, I just wanted to drop that on you. Okay, take care. Take care, guys. Bye. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I'm actually pretty familiar with Jung, and and uh, am uh, I mean, I've been living that for a long time. Facing, you know, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think it can be argued that I haven't watched. I've watched a lot of horror, and it was for that exact purpose. It was to find out, you know, what was out there, to face it, to look at it, to figure it out. But um, in doing so, I've done that. You know, it's it's it is now uh, become a redundant practice for me. Uh, And not only redundant, it's actually uh, it's actually started moving toward the negative where it's just bringing it's just bringing unwanted negativity into my uh, into, you know, my attempt at being a good dad for my little girls, you know, and and there's no reason to for me, you know, now that I've got a lot more of the, faced a lot of those uh, demons and, you know, figured out, you know, where uh, my mental health is and that kind of thing. Now I can take a step back from, you know, I can kind of retire from having to subject myself to the to that constant, you know, with the show, it's it's a constant barrage of that, you know, so um you know, it's not running away from it, uh, or at least that's not the way I look at it. You may look at it that way, but it's not the way I look at it is just so much as, um, okay, we conquered that hurdle. I'm done with it. And I can, if I need to pick it up in the future, you know, if I feel that becomes important, I will, you know, so I do appreciate the, uh, the critique though. Um, okay. Final call, uh, beyond the grave. Hey, it's Beyond the Grave. Um, I'm calling about Scream 6. I finally saw it in theaters. I think it was just average. It was fine. It wasn't, I don't know, I was looking forward to it. I still wish Neve Campbell was in it. You know, I know it would be bad writing, but I feel like if she had ended up orchestrating all the murders um, from, like, Scream 4 to Scream Seven, six, six. I would have been okay with that. Why not? Why not? Or it's all been in her head the whole time. Shutter Island. She's in the institution. Um, what's her face? That hot girl, Samara. 
the the first girl at the beginning gets killed. Are we to believe she's real socially awkward and having a hard time meeting people in a big city? Because that took me out of it. And then after that, what took me out of it was, and I think drunk acting is kind of hard to do, but when Jenna Ortega is acting real like loosey-goosey, but going in between being sober and not sober, when that guy's trying to take her up to the room because he's like, I got a bottle in here, baby. I don't know. And what was the plan? What was the plan with uh, what's her name, Bree, who faked her death? What was she going to do in the long term? Change her name, move somewhere. That's a good point. I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what a great voicemail! <laughs> Strong critiques of, of Scream Six. Uh, beyond the grave. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Always first off, saying it. Samara Weaving is like having a real time finding new friends in a in the big city. It's like, okay, okay, yeah. sweetheart. All right. mm-hmm. Like, is it really that hard um, for the wafy blonde girl? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I mean, just walk down the street. Buy some construction sites. You'll make a lot of friends like, pretty quickly. Um, yeah, the the other the other beats like the I wasn't drawn out by the the drunk scene, but yeah, that's a good point of Bree. Like, uh, what's what's the game plan here? Just gonna relocate to a new city under a new name? Like, have you got a new social security number lined up? Because that's just straight up fraud. Jen, like, did you sure see... you might get away with murders, but you're not going to be able to get away with like faking a death? Did you see Scream Six? I didn't, but that's because I haven't watched the one that came before it yet. Well, actually, no. This is one of the ones where that's actually a decent idea. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was really yeah. excited to go see it, and then I realized that a lot hinged on my mm-hmm. understanding of the one that was made a year or two ago. So mm. I am psyched to see it, and I've heard really good things. And clearly it's inspired a voicemail, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it uh, the, the one last year, I think, was a stronger entry. But, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Like you said, I, I agree with Beyond the Grave. It was pretty average. Yeah. Especially for the more recent screams. Hmm. Okay, so um, I think we'll leave the voicemails at that. Uh, we'll get to the rest of them in a separate mini-sode eventually um um just want to thank everyone for listening this episode was produced by me and edited by fart simpson thanks fart for uh sitting in the production booth and making everything uh, making sure everything runs smoothly thanks to our patrons our new patrons which i should have had up by now i want to thank them um you know specifically and from the heart um <laughs> dat m uh chris c jennifer l uh i don't know how far back these goes um ed b tay yeah i think that's about as far back as it goes um, if I missed you, uh, let me know. I'm I ready. don't even know what you're reading from. You, we need to thank Jennifer L., Jessica C., Grant S., and probably Mitch P. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know where this. What is. am I reading from? I don't know. These it, <laughs> Patreon will occasionally do this thing where it'll just change things on you, and you'll be like, "What is happening?" Um. Anyway, <laughs> but if you've become a patron, thank you. You're the wind beneath our wings. We love you. Thank you. Um and Jen, uh, please plug your things. Yeah, Jen. My things. Uh, you can go watch Caretaker right now. Even if you don't have a TikTok account, you can do it uh, through your browser. And the main account is at Caretaker Film, and then Roz's parallel account is Cape May Caretaker. So those are available for you right off the reel. And if you want to see some of my other work, you can find me on Instagram at Jen Ponton or my website at jenponton.com. I got a show called Three Women coming out later this year on Stars. Not entirely sure when. And I'm about to star in a very, very sexy drama called Resentment, uh, where I'm going to spend most of the time doing sex scenes. So as per our conversation. <laughs> Have you done it yet? No, we uh, we start shooting in a month from exactly today. Is there uh, is there not to be indelicate, <laughs> right? But <laughs> but go on. I mean, it's oh yeah. I mean, it's do we be. do we see him? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow. It, do you have anxiety about this? Less than less than I would imagine. Is there excitement? Uh, I'm really excited to do it, actually. Yeah. Oh, this is so cool to get to ask you that. I know. I'm I don't really know why. Excited. I just yeah, feel really like that's. I just feel like that's it's so like like what a cool thing for you to get to like be totally. excited about. Totally, especially because like you know at this time in my life, ten years ago, I was like I started in my last film that I led and it was a, it was very like Disney, very ingenue. And now it's like, all right, well I'm on the cusp of 40 and a bitch has grown up a bit. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be intense and it's going to be a challenge, but I'm, I'm definitely game. Well, you've been nice. a wonderful guest. We thank you so much. And if there, if people didn't have a reason to check you out based on all <laughs> the cool stuff you had to say and all the, uh, you know, the great opinions you had. Well, now they definitely do. So. <laughs> hey, to each one's own, right? Yeah. <laughs> Check her out. All right. Thanks again. Uh, we'll see y'all later. Uh, bye bye, folks. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> you lose. You <laughs> Wow, that didn't sound good.